Hey, it's Leah Rance. On this week's episode of Afternoon Rants, Jared and I attempt to do an in-depth review of the new popular Netflix series, The Witcher, starring Henry Cavill. And we do our best, but if I'm being honest, I was confused most of the time, and I'm still struggling to pronounce names. So it's going to be a shit show. Let's do it! Leah Rance, Afternoon Rants! Hi, hello, welcome to the podcast where we talk about how Jared has terrible taste in covers of The Witcher. I vehemently <laughs> disagree with it. We I were, may not have good taste, but I have confidence, Leah. We compared covers just now, metal covers of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher, uh, which if you didn't already know, this is going to be a Witcher review podcast. Mm. Um and he says Johnny Lovato's is better, um, but he's wrong because it is definitely Dan Vash or whatever is better. And I know I'm right because that one has two million views and Mr. Johnny only has like 120,000. That's kind of like, oh, uh, this is so good because it sells more copies. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, because other people heard Johnny and was like, mm, homie, a little flat. Leo Rance is a sheep. You heard it here first, ladies and gents. (laughs) All right. So we're doing a Witcher review, and I'm not going to lie to you, Jared. I'm a little bit intimidated by doing this because similar to how I felt when watching The Witcher, um, I (laughs) am a little confused. I love it. But also confused. Do you know what I mean? Have you ever oh, yeah. had that feeling before? It's hard. To, it's I not... had it when I was watching The Witcher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest. I... <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm not really sure what's going on here. And a lot of times I felt like an 80 year old woman where I'm like, well, at least everyone's having fun. And <laughs> like, that's honestly how I felt. So, um, first season, okay, this comes out and. Uh, a lot of times right before we get into it, uh, my first initial like hearing about it, I had no intention of actually watching this. Um, a lot of people wanted me to watch this because mm-hmm. they told me that it was. And this is something you probably heard time and time again. Um, it's the new Game of Thrones. That's what they all kept saying yeah. to me oh, that sure. it basically was because I was a huge Game of Thrones fan. And then that let me down. And then, you know, now we're here like um I don't see a lot of similarities with Game of Thrones. Like, right off the bat, I'll say that I don't think it's very similar to Game of Thrones at all. Like, yeah, I find that this is a lot less complicated because I think it tries to tell, like, a more grounded story, truthfully. Oh, bro, I was going to say the exact opposite. I, no, Game of Thrones for me has so much to go into it. And maybe it's because I'm already kind of, like, I have, like, a working knowledge of, like, the Witcher lore and stuff like that already. Yes. Which, like, I feel like this was a lot less complicated than me, like, when I first got into Game of Thrones. Okay. Now, the reason I think you're saying that is, are you saying to me that you have, now, obviously, the Witcher is uh, a video game? Yeah, so there was the book series, and then CD Projekt Red made Witchers 1 through 3. Right. Okay, so you have, have you played those videos? I have played like two hours of The Witcher 2. So, but like, I only know like a fair amount of the lore that goes into it. Because, so, Geralt, the main, you know, the main Witcher, right? Uh, he pops up in like other games from time and time again. So he was a Monster Hunter for like a DLC thing. He was in Soul Calibur. Which is your jam right oh now. Oh my god, I have not stopped playing Monster Hunter. Anyway, anyway, before we get off track, but, uh... Yeah, so like I already had a working knowledge of just like, hey, Geralt of Rivia, he's this badass, right? So like, that's kind of what I knew, and that he was kind of a uh, like an enhanced soldier kind of monster hunter guy. That's kind of all that I really knew, though. And that apparently he's Henry Cavill, and I really have he not. Killed it. 
Uh, yeah. Because, uh, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. So, um, me not having played the video games at all, like, because if I'm being honest, uh, it to me seemed akin to Skyrim and to these other, like, really big world building, like, huge games that, while I'm sure are a lot of fun, I just always seem to drop off of. Like, mm-hmm. the closest I think I've ever done to something like this, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of flack for this because, you know, again, I've never played The Witcher. I played Dragon Age. I loved it, but then I fell off. But then I mm-hmm. fell off. Like, that's exactly my story with games like this. It's just too epic for me to even begin. That and- is exactly what would happen if you played The Witcher. Because Dragon Age, like Dragon Age, Skyrim, and The Witcher are, like, all three of those are kind of, like, in the same realm. Skyrim is kind of, like, a little bit different. But as far as, like, comparing, like, Dragon Age to The Witcher, there's mm-hmm. a lot of similarities there, especially, like, plot-wise, too, where... Yeah, like if, if you can't sit down for like a 50 to like a 100 hour game, you're not going to like the, you know, you're, you're not going to finish the game, basically. And apparently the the lore is is very rich with this. Now, I just typed in Witcher books in Google and I got so many books. Yeah, I think there's like, like a dozen books, give or take. Okay, so apparently they are, yeah, there's, there's the series. So there is three, six... Seven, eight. There's eight. There's, uh, yeah, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, so w- luckily we have a lot of content to go off of here. Well, there's a comic book series, mm-hmm. and then there's that also the three games that we were talking about. Um, so I went into this completely blind, and for the most part, it sounds like to me you basically did too. Yeah. Um, and I will say that first impression off the bat, I didn't like it. Like I was kind of like. This is really hard. Uh, the very first episode, the very first scene, Geralt is talking to Marilka, the girl who was hired by Stregobor to lure the Witcher to him. I could not understand a word that girl said. She might as well have been speaking an entirely different language, which I thought for the first five to ten minutes of the movie or the show, she was. I don't know what it was, but I have this thing where I, when I hear words, people for the longest time thought I wasn't listening to them. I hear words back, and if they're slurred too close together, they sound like something totally different. And I'm like, uh. So I had to put on subtitles for this entire show. Because I was like, I don't know what anybody's saying. (laughs) Okay, okay, so here's the thing. So I'm deaf. So like, I have closed captioning on usually. It's like, are you I'm, really deaf? Like, no, are you just no, saying that? Or no, are you, no, oh, no, okay. Like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I was like, am I learning something no. about you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the guy who works on radio actually uh, has no hearing. No, um, no, it's fine. Just like sometimes, like I have an issue like hearing voices come through on like the TV speaker. It's yeah. weird. It's weird. But um, well, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's with like every show that I have. So like this wasn't any different for me. I actually didn't have that hard of a time. Like I just. Out of habit, I keep subtitles on usually when I'm watching stuff. Okay, Force but you map. did do it. Because, I did do it because yeah, it wasn't because of this. Like I always have them on. Okay, like any movie I watch, I have subtitles on. So off the bat, I didn't like it because I felt like I was like, I felt very similar to like walking into someone like in the middle of them playing a game, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Who's this? Why is this? Where's this? What?" Why? And I felt like that stereotypical person watching a show where I kept asking Kyle, like, what's going on? And he'd be like, 
they're going to explain it. And I'm like, when? When are they going to explain it? Because I oh, I have so much patience. Like, but the, I, I did eventually. Obviously, mm-hmm. I watched yeah. the whole thing. But you didn't have this problem. No, not at all. So I thought the opening scene did a really good job of kind of like setting the world when it's like Geralt in the swamp taking down like the giant spider monster. I thought that was dope. And I mean, the plot, I kind of figured they were going to do something different with it because I know in the games, uh, like Yennefer is pretty prominent, like from the get go for the most part. And I mean, I think, by the way, I think Yennefer, this was kind of like Yennefer's show, I feel. Yeah, especially at the very, like, okay, spoiler alert, I don't know why you would be listening to a Witcher podcast if you hadn't seen all, oh, I don't know, eight episodes, but, like, if you (laughs) haven't, then don't listen to this part, but, um, yeah, like, uh, very much so at the last episode, which I just watched today, actually, too. Oh, did you just finish it? Yeah, I literally just finished it. I had this thing where if I watched it at night, I would fall asleep immediately. And I was like, I need to be like alert because I am going to be so confused if I don't. But I felt like it was very focused on her at the very end. I mean, the fact that Mm. she just disappears after she makes that huge fireball, which was amazing. (laughs) Arguably one of my favorite parts in the entire freaking first season. I was like when that I almost felt like when she told uh, with Tissaia was like, you know, uh, unleash your chaos. I'm like, do do you want that bitch? Like, are you sure? Homie just went through surgery. Do you see what she went through just to make herself pretty? By the way, you do know that that her surgery was like years. She did say like decades. No. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the story is told, and this is like my one complaint with the show. I feel like the pacing was kind of all over the place. Oh, a million percent, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, and it's because they start the show off 30 years in the past. So Geralt and um, uh, Yennefer are both like 30 years in the past from when series story starts. So like their stuff, so with Yennefer going to like the school and all that stuff, and then Geralt when he first meets the bar. Yeah, yeah, and all of that stuff, that all happens in the past. The current day stuff is, I guess like the... Basically, the sto- like the actual storyline starts um, when Ciri's grandma gets killed and like the castle gets sieged. Right, exactly. Everything else happens in the past. And that was something that was definitely a slow coming to the realization mm-hmm. of by, I would say, the third episode. I was like, okay, we're switching around timelines. And clearly, I feel like, honestly, the show did not pick up for me until we learned about the Law of Surprise, which I found fascinating yeah i think Um, it's a really cool concept and 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 Geralt being um kind of responsible for centrilla for for the daughter of um what what is the centra is it centra and her name is centra is uh, is cirilla cirilla yeah yeah cirilla see this is what i mean too like i'm like oh my god you know but (laughs) (laughs) i feel like there was literally 10 times the amount of confusion when i first got into game of thrones i'm not gonna lie i literally thought like going into this i knew who Yennefer and Geralt were. That was it. But you knew that. And see, that's a huge advantage. I didn't, like, know yeah. anything. Okay, so all right. I didn't know anything going into this. All and right. And, um, 
My mom is calling Cirilla like the name she gave someone like on accident. She keeps calling her was the name she gave someone. She gave someone a fake name. She keeps calling her that. And I'm like, you can't do this to me. We need to like have the same name. But anyway. Oh, yeah. yeah. When she's going to. OK. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, I feel like the pacing was like the one thing that was kind of off during all of this, just because they were telling there was a lot of timeline stuff that got kind of screwy. I kind of wish that they only had Siri come in like in the last couple episodes, honestly. I did feel like when we would go over to Cirilla and her story of like being a child and she's, you know, now kind of thrust in this world, she's in disguise. There were definitely some stressful moments, but there wasn't enough of a payoff with her storyline mm-hmm. in this first season to keep me really interested because obviously we still don't really know what it is that is so powerful about her and and why she's this like chosen one and why she needs to be with we know why she needs to be with Geralt not really sure what he can do about it and what this whole screamy I can make people like die around <laughs> me thing is I'm wondering almost my theory is is that maybe she has like kind of the magical tendencies that Yennefer has because there seems to be some similarities in what Cirilla did when she was pursued in the field as opposed to what Yennefer did in the battle with Nilfgaard and the fire coming out. There was Mm -hmm. a little bit of similarities, but I mean, I have no clue. So, So my guess, and again, the only thing I knew about the Witcher before I went into this was, hey, Geralt is a Witcher. He's a monster hunter. <laughs> Geralt's a witcher. He's a monster hunter. And then Yennefer is his love interest maid. That's uh, not maid. Mage. Apologies. That's kind of all I knew. So like, I'm pretty sure that like the white flame thing that uh, the enemy forces were always talking about. You know, like the shape-shifting guy and how they were talking about like the white right. flame. I'm guessing that might be like the power because, again, Siri has the same power as her mother. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that that might be something that gets like passed down that like might be some kind of like magic weapon type deal. Right, she seems like she's a bomb, and she doesn't yes. even know that she's a bomb. Yeah, yet. probably something along those lines. Which is exciting. The Law of Surprise was definitely, to me, one of the highlight points of this, because uh, it was a surprise. I love his reaction when he's like, ah, I don't know, just give me what you know you don't know you already have, mm-hmm. you know, after he helps out the couple, and <laughs> immediately <laughs> she's like, I'm pregnant! She throws up immediately, and he's like... Yeah, he's like, damn it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Like, I love, oh, Henry Cavill as this character is perfection. There has been times in the past, you know, his name first came up in my world, and you're going to laugh, but came up in my world, and I became aware of him years ago when he was, I don't even know if he was in talks, because honestly, I think, frankly, he was too old at that point for the role, but Stephanie Meyer, as in the woman that wrote Twilight, desperately wanted him to play Edward Cullen. Oh. Desperately, because she she pictured him. And so I just saw him as this strong-jawed guy, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was just like, okay, whatever. And then I see him again in The Tudors, and he's a little bit better, but... I only know him from uh, from Superman. Right. And then that would, I mean, arguably beyond this now, be his most notable role. And let's be real here. Those movies were a freaking disaster. And um, and and Superman is just not a terribly interesting character. And so, again, I felt like Henry Cavill was just kind of like, oh, so he just plays, you know. This guy. Well, now putting him in The Witcher, which I will say he's still being used in a similar way where he's being stoic 
Um, but it's almost to a point of almost being comical, like which I really, really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like I really like this character, and I don't typically like characters like his where they're stoic and they're they've got a dark past and stuff. But they kind of make it so that he he messes up. And I like where he I like where he throws the f bomb around. Like every time yeah. he messes up, well, he, I love that. Well, like, he's really doing. And the cool thing about this is that Henry Cavill actually, and he said this that. He wouldn't take the role until he played and beat all three of the Witcher games. Oh, wow. Which I, which I really respect. And yeah. you can really tell that he's kind of doing like his best Geralt impression. Mm-hmm. But he's nailing it. Just everything with like a, you know, just like, just yes. Fuck. Like that, that, he killed it. He killed it. Right. And I think the acting was like one of the standout things in this, too. Uh, I'm forgetting the actress's name, but uh, the actress who played Yennefer. Anya Chalotra. Uh, she did, she did. Great. I I think that Geralt and Yennefer, who were basically the driving forces of the story, right. did everything that they needed to be, needed to do rather. Right. I yes. I would I would agree. And the the main dude that I love, my the my uh, boy, yeah. mm-hmm. Jaskier. I think that's how you say his name. The the bard. He is literally the best. He is. <laughs> My God, chef's kiss. What exactly? I tell you, I mean, it was kind of one of those things I was watching. I was like, this is cool. And then he comes out with that loot and comes out with toss a coin to your witcher. And I was like, sign me up. <laughs> Whatever's going on here. And the 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 chemistry between Joey Beatty and Henry Cavill and that comedy is like enough to keep someone like me who I am admittedly still even as we're discussing this a little bit confused about the lore i'm like you know what though i keep coming back like you know i'll keep coming back you sing me a hilarious song you make fun of him keep throwing jibes at him when they had that argument when the witcher was trying to find a genie because he couldn't sleep oh yeah i loved that i was like oh man just give me an entire like season of just them no they were funny around. they were yeah. funny yeah i think they the chemistry between them I thought was really good. And it really reminded me of like D&D campaigns that I've been in. We're just yes. like, there's always like that annoying damn bard who just like. Oh, yeah. It it's was, me. Yeah. It's me. Like, <laughs> I'm that character, typically. Yeah, no. So it, it was just like really reminiscent of that. And I know that uh, the bard goes by a different name in the games, but it's it's the same character, basically. Okay, so you do. See, you know a lot more. I've than... looked it up since I finished oh, the series. I still, okay. I'm not going to be like, I'm the Witcher expert here because I'm not. By any stretch. Also, I feel like it would be a miss to say that uh, slapping on a white wig uh, onto Henry Cavill, giving him some gold contacts, really just changed that whole... Uh, that man really became did. attractive to me. And I was like, <laughs> I am confused. Was he not before? N- absolutely not. What? Nothing. Not for me, at least. The minute they gave that man some white hair and gold eyes, I was like, sign me up! <laughs> like, smashing button meme. I like, yes! Like, <laughs> I feel like Henry Cavill's been a good-looking dude, like, oh, yeah. forever, yeah. Objectively, he- I can say he's good-looking, but he wasn't hot or attractive to me until the- he became the witch. Like, let me stress this. I'm not saying Henry Cavill is a bad-looking dude at all. I can objectively look at someone and say, that is a good-looking or beautiful or attractive person, However, that doesn't always equate to being attractive to me, like not my cup of tea. It's because of his character. His character was not attractive as Superman. It was just like, <laughs> anyway, um, Jodie May as Queen Calanthe. Mm. 
amazing when she came in with her armor and she's got blood all over her and she's like, I guess we're marrying my daughter. I'm going to get some wine. I was like, also, I will follow you to the ends of the earth. Like, oh, lady. Uh, yeah. I feel like there's so many characters in the show where, where like, they have these really good character moments. And, and uh, I was watching this with Amanda a lot and I was like, they are just so badass. I was like, that is so cool. Right. Like, so, like, the first instance of that that I had was during the first episode that, uh, like, that street brawl that Geralt was in. Yes. When he's just, because it's mostly, uh, like, there's not too many cuts, and I think that's, like, the best fight scene in, in the series, truthfully, so far. What? So, uh, the very first one. The very first scene. one in the first episode. I think that's my favorite. That's where he's, truthfully. like, using, and that's a moment where I feel like it was definitely feeling like a video game because of the pause I had seen mm-hmm play through sometimes of video games and I imagine that that was a similar thing you could do where you could like kind of push back um, people with your magic. Yeah, so he has um, like runes sort of and they basically function as like spells that you can use so he has like fire spells, he has like kind of like the force push type thing that he's used. Mm -hmm. But um, it was just one of the coolest things for me just to see Henry Cavill just like unload on these guys and a lot of people they were going like a lot of people have been complaining that it's not based off the games, it's based off the books. Oh. Which is why it's kind of like a fragmented storytelling. Geralt's stuff come from uh, the short stories that came before like the actual novels that came out. Hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but so I feel like they paid tribute to the video games because Geralt traditionally has two swords in the games, but he only has one in the book. And like, he's been like the whole like do wielding thing and like chopping through people. It just, it made me feel so happy. It was just, <laughs> there's, there's just moments like that in the show, especially, um, I think my favorite scene, uh, when him and Yaskir were captured by the elves in either episodes two or three, mm-hmm. I think my favorite scene there is when he goes on this monologue about how like he's not like a man, like he's not like responsible for like what the elves are going through. When he right. has like the knife to his throat, man, that he's so badass. All right, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, I I find it interesting that this wasn't more reminiscent of video games to people because definitely as someone with like layman's terms like watching it I was like oh because a lot of games that I like um, tend to be uh, choose your own kind of adventure games where choices you make have consequences mm-hmm. um, you hear that J J Abrams choices you make have consequences sorry call back to rise of skywalker still wow just can't get over that anyway um (laughs) when a very first episode stregobor he lures geralt to his hideout okay and he's seeking him to kill remfrey but then we learn a little bit about remfrey and then it's kind of like who do you believe who do you kill and there's consequences to Mm -hmm. it and and i you can't help but wonder as you watch it you're like well what if he had done it differently Mm -hmm. you know so if you were considering getting into the games, I know there's a lot of that. Like, there's a lot of big choices that determine how the story ends up at the end of the game. Right. So if you were into that, and I think the show is kind of reminiscent of that, too, where it gives you kind of like kind of like these like morally gray decisions where I feel like I'm getting pulled in like two different directions. Right. And it's it's good. It's good. That's, all I, that's all I can say. I mean, he, uh, Geralt didn't have to go and uh, help Yennefer when she was trying to capture the genie mm-hmm. and harness its power. Uh, if he hadn't saved her, who knows what would have happened, you mm-hmm. know? And I really do feel like when I'm watching this that there are, like, different um, moments like that. Now, getting into the Yennefer and Geralt relationship, that was definitely a moment where they, like, 
you know, suddenly they're they're like passionately having sex. And I was like, OK, well, uh, I guess the chemistry was there. So sure. All right. Cool. <laughs> cool. 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 You know how I feel about romance. I love it. But then I, they they meet up again on this quest for the dragon, which I would say arguably was my favorite episode uh, was the quest yeah, for the golden that. dragon, because I loved the the whole at the very end, like the golden dragon turning out to be um the, the, the guy, you know yes. what I mean? The whole time and everything. But they they like meet up again and they have this another really intense relationship and Geralt is like professing all of these things about how like he cares about her. And you know, this whole time we've been kind of led to believe like what Witcher, the, the, the stereotype with Witchers is that they don't have feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously I'm buying into this belief because I don't know anything about Witchers watching this. So when he does that, I mean, it's a very momentous moment, but unfortunately and where I feel like this show falls short is I was like that is not as poignant as a moment and I'm not as invested as in their relationship because I'm like this seems very soon very sudden why is this happening and I just because I didn't know that there was all this time going on in between and that that's where it falls short is because it's not really counting for these years of her going through these terrible you know machinations to be able to become this beautiful mage like I had no idea that she was going through that horrible agony for years i thought it was like one bad night and then like well, so suddenly... i think her actual transformation was like one bad night okay but like her journeys as a mage she says in the show that like it's been going on for decades right which it, so my big thing like that would have made i think the viewing experience so much better for me if they just said like if they did like the traditional 30 years before or like 30 years later right if they did that I feel like I would have enjoyed this show so much more. Oh, absolutely. I I almost felt like at some point I was like, are they being, and I even saw an article, but I didn't read it. It was like, it was just the headline. It was like, the Witcher is being intentionally misleading to like, I guess, shake people, some people off. I I don't know. I I, I don't know. To to kind of, I'm not sure, like intentionally confusing, which would be a really weird thing to do. But I definitely felt like there was moments where I was like, why is this relationship the way that it is now? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know that there was all these years happening, especially when it came also to the, the especially with, um, while I think she has a fantastic story, Yennefer does, I, I did feel like they were skipping ahead. They were like, okay, get to the good part. And I'm like, no, wait, why? Wait, she was literally just a hunchback who just came into these mages a couple seconds ago. And now all of a sudden she's like the most badass one. And mm-hmm. I and she has blue eyeshadow. And I, I don't know where any of this came from. Like, <laughs> 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 like and, and and now all of a sudden she's baby hungry. And I, I, I'm like, what, what is going on here? Yeah, I think that, Okay, so I think that the showrunner tried to cover up some of the pacing issues by being like, oh yeah, no, a lot of time has passed, so like, let's show this character development off screen, you know? So I wish that they kind of like didn't do that, you know? But yeah. I think, I don't think they're going to be doing the fragmented storytelling in season two. God, I hope not, because I'm like, well... I'm, I'm still going to like it regardless. Yeah, I'm still going to watch it for sure. I just think that, like, I mean, it's already pretty much been told... Uh, I don't know. They might do the fragmented thing because I was going to say, well, we already pretty much know that he's made this law of surprise thing. Mm -hmm. He's now been reunited with the girl. So now there's really no reason to go back and see the fall of of Sintra again, except we had that moment in the last episode where he started hallucinating. And we believe that he may or may not. Who knows? 
homie was hallucinating that he was reunited with his mother. And mm-hmm. we might be getting flashbacks, I guess, of the origin of him becoming the Witcher and his mom abandoning him for reasons unknown. Like, you know, what do you yeah. think that was about? I actually don't. So I definitely think that we're going to be diving into more of Geralt's backstory in the next season. Yeah. But I... Okay, another thing, and I've talked to a couple people about this, and I still don't understand. Also happened in the flashback sequence. So we're seeing the mother, we're seeing uh, Renfrey, we're seeing a bunch of, like, the woman that he's been with in the past, right? Right. In the scene when he's on his dining room table, and he's eating, why is the dragon there? Is the dragon his dad? Like, did I miss something? No. Is that... I just figured that that was a hallucination of... You know, something I did think that this show did really well was it did really feel like when he was coming in and out of consciousness after he had been bitten that, uh, you know, that, you know, those moments when you've been super sick and you're kind of falling in and out and you're kind of Mm -hmm. like associating certain lights and stuff. So I just took that as him seeing the dragon of him, just his subconscious conjuring up like multitudes of different things that he had seen so Mm -hmm. like i didn't take any more stock in it as just like his brain playing tricks on him basically that was to me one of the more excellent parts of it was i was like wow because i can really recall moments in my life where i've been like falling asleep and and you have that thing where you're the setting of wherever you're falling asleep is still there, but it's warping into like a memory or it's warping into okay, a weird yep. dream. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen and I've never seen it actually be portrayed on film like in such a good way. Like honestly, one of the best sequences of like someone falling in and out mm-hmm. of consciousness, the best way to explain it. Like, Yeah, I think the show, albeit confusing, I think it did a really good job of keeping me continuously interested for the vast majority of the time. Like, I never felt bored watching this show. I think the only time when I came close to that, though, I I think it was with uh, Siri. Yeah. Because I felt like she spent the entirety of the season just, like, running through the forest. She had a very linear thing. Yeah, she was just basically like, I'm running, I'm running, you know, maybe I trust this guy. Nope, nope, never mind, you know, like, (laughs) uh, also, this elf is my family. Okay, but now that's not anymore. I I think he'll probably come back, though, honestly. Yeah. Um, I I hope, at least, because now she's all alone. Oh, my God. I did have a moment, though, in the Mm. very last episode where I was like, I swear. Swear to God, if this little girl has run away from the house and he's rolling up, I'm not going to be able to handle it because that's something at Game of Thrones that used to piss me off is that all I wanted was the Stark children to reunite mm-hmm. and it just felt They've been, like, like so close sometimes. they kept getting separated and I was like, stop, just put them together. But I would not say that this is like Game of Thrones at all because Game of Thrones was more interested in multiple storylines and like you said Yennefer and Geralt are definitely the two main storylines here and we're focusing on the characters not on their kingdoms and that's the difference. Which I think I like a lot more. I'm not gonna lie. Like I've always been more inclined to enjoy more like grounded storytelling and I think focusing on the characters instead of you know fantasy politics i think i kind of prefer the witcher at the moment not that they're even that comparable but i think just because a lot of people have been saying so i think the only reason people do that is honestly the fantasy aspect is the fact that it's like seems to be in the same like kind of nameless era but we know it's old and there's dragons (laughs) like you know um so yeah so any predictions for the witcher for season two 
I don't want to spoil anything though, because like I know what happens with Siri in the games, and like. No, just go ahead. I mean, just okay. Well, so in the games, Geralt trains her to become a Witcher. Okay. And I am really looking forward to stuff like that. Maybe they'll do some like time skip stuff because uh, in the Witcher Three, Siri is I think like in her twenties. I think so. I'd be really excited to see like Geralt and Siri teaming up and just like kicking ass and killing some monsters. That'd be great. I um, wonder what he's going to do to her eyes in that case. What do they mm. do to their eyes to make them gold? Because he said three three out of ten survive. Yeah. And he only said boys, so that would be interesting if it's a girl. Mm-hmm. Well, because there is other witchers, and they touch on that a little bit more in the games, which I'm, I think it'll be cool if they have like a subplot next season with like other witchers showing up. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. But I don't think, I can't see uh, Geralt, you know, like putting Siri through like this like torture stuff. I can see her like I can see him like training her to like use a sword and like use her magic. I I don't I don't think Geralt would be like an evil type dude to like force a child. Like I I hope not because we're following him around. Um I want to like this guy. Yeah, you know? me too. I yeah. do too. Yeah, like <laughs> <laughs> um what was I going to say? Oh, well, I he, something I really like is that right now two of the most popular new shows for the fantasy genre is the Mandalorian and the Witcher, both of whom are fathers just trying to <laughs> <laughs> just trying to make it work. Just trying to live with like protecting, uh, you know, a small child. <laughs> it's kind of a similar concept and like all this whack stuff is going on. What do you think happened to Yennefer? I mean, I definitely think she's alive. I, think I do she'll too. Be, yeah, no, I definitely think that she'll be good. I maybe she's gonna try to like rebuild the mages or something. Again, like I don't know really. The only thing I know is like Siri, Yennefer, and Geralt. But even then, like I know very little. So I don't know. I think it'd be cool seeing her try to like rebuild the mages and like team up with Geralt. Like actually team up, you know, later in the season, uh, later next season. I think it honestly probably be too satisfying that way. I don't think they're going to give it to us. Um, But Siri does know now about Yennefer because she heard it, Mm -hmm. which was an interesting concept, because then that leads to the question, can they do they have some sort of like connection through thought, which is. Destiny, I guess. Yeah, right? destiny. <laughs> that's what the, that's what the umbrella term is. It yeah. must be destiny. Like, yeah, like, yeah. So I don't know. I have absolutely no clue what's going to happen with Yennefer. Um, she's definitely one of those that I feel like could go either way. She could turn really evil because she's got mm. that chaos in her, and she's been known in the past to kind of do what she wants and she's got her own motives which i like yeah. and that i really can't get a read on her no, i really think that she's going to stay on the good like on the straight and narrow so to speak because yeah. I, I definitely think that there was there was definitely like some like filmmaking symbolism going on there when she didn't kill to with the fire at the end oh well i took that as to protecting herself Oh, no, I, I took it the, the complete other way. I took it that Teseo had made that force around her oh, and was okay, like, well. I regret decisions <laughs> that I made to tell her. But you could be right. Like, that's interesting. I yeah, saw so that I, as... I view that as Yennefer, like, controlling the fire to make Teseo survive. Okay. Yeah, okay, well, that's interesting. You know what? Me, I think maybe you're right. I don't know. But, anyway, all I know is that the most important part when this comes out in mm-hmm. 2021, which sounds so far away right uh, now, yeah. uh, is that I need another uh, toss a coin to your Witcher remake. <laughs> Can they make that happen? Can they just have like one banger every? Se- oh, actually, hold on. No, there is one thing I wanted to touch on though. The soundtrack for this series was phenomenal. 
Yes. All of like the battle songs and stuff that they used were just like, they, they hit me. Yeah. I was ready to charge it to battle. They were really, really I want to be a Witcher, Leo. <laughs> 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 I, I need a sequel. Drop it low for your Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> for your way. I can't. I can't say I came up with that. Lacey came up with that, and it was on her Instagram. And I was like, "Oh my god!" Now I can never unhear that. Drop it low for your It's a club remix across the coin. That'd be interesting. I'm in. Yes. All right. On a number, what do you give The Witcher out of ten? I'd give it right now. I'd give it. That's hard. I think I'd give it a six. I'm interested, but um, I'm not like, it's not my favorite thing I've seen mm. recently. In afternoon rants. You know what? For, uh, uh, let, let me let me, let me me give it a seven. Let me be nicer. I'm going to give it a seven, but it's it's average. I'm enjoying myself. It's not my favorite thing. Okay. Well, this is an afternoon rants first. I am ranking something higher than you. I know. And I, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a nice eight. An eight. I'm going to give it like a B plus. Because I really liked it. There were some issues with the pacing, but I, I'm really, really stoked for season two. I just want them to like keep up this pace. Like I want it to be good. Just keep the story rolling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think they've got a, enough content to work with. Oh, that for sure. There's going to be like a multitude of different storylines. I mean, they're hoping that this can probably run for like a long ass time. I'd be very okay with that. Yeah. I mean, if it keeps going the way it is. I- I'll be happy. I'm right. In. I think I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be more. Uh, show for me really hits its stride around the third season. So mm. I think honestly, by the third season, once I've fully known how to pronounce all these characters' names and where <laughs> they're coming from and where and why and whomst, and like then then I think I'll be more invested. But right now, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give it a solid seven. I'm gonna stick with it. And I'm giving it an eight. Can be. I'm not the cynic. I'm I not know, the cynic. I, got I know. It. I know. For once, it's me. It's- I can't <laughs> help it.